Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, tonight, D-Generation X proudly brings to you the greatest show on earth. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Joe Black, Chris Mindell, the Sons of Slam podcast. One point during Dynamite last week, I wanted to lift you up like Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey, and then I realized you're a very heavy man, and that would be impossible. Yeah, so that would have been impossible, but damn, it would have been a good scene. It would have been good until you flattened me. You, I, I could have done it to you, and I could have said the same thing. This is you true. I would, I, would have, Who knows? I would have destroyed you. Ladies exactly. and gentlemen, with that being said, welcome the time of our lives. It is Sons of Slam. My name is Chris Mindell, along with the Reaper, Mr. Joe Black, sir. How you feeling, bud? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah. I'm doing well. All right. It was a uh, fun week. Okay. To the least. <laughs> okay. But uh, Dynamite last week was electric. <laughs> very, very electric. Very insane. We will get into all things as far as experience. Very evil. Very, very, very short-lived evil. But uh, evil nonetheless, we will get into all things as far as our experience with that show. Um, and yes, lift. <laughs> Everybody lift up. <laughs> do the spin, do the spin, and drop on the floor. Great. Uh, hit us up on Sons of Slam Twitter, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. Um, let's get right into it here. So. Uh, before we get into everything with with Dynamite and everything with Raw and and all the shenanigans that woulda coulda shoulda happened, um, I want to talk about the big story here with you. Uh, first and foremost, is that uh, it's it's weird how things happen in in a span of a day or two, and we had the biggest news of the entire week come on a random Monday Night Raw, and that news being that we. Apparently, don't have uh, champions anymore <laughs> on the women's uh, tag team side. Um, yes, your lips are pursed, ready to ask who, what, or where. <laughs> Go. Pursed is a very good way to describe what my Ooh, lips are just doing. What? Um, puckered, I Puck- would have said. Puckered. <laughs> um, Sasha and Naomi. I don't think so. I, I made that face because mm-hmm. you said that we don't have women's tag champs anymore. I'm assuming. Exactly. Because nothing has been said. They have not been stripped of anything. This is true. However, WWE did make a statement about it, mm-hmm. which is the most odd thing in the world to me. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how or why... Like. I, I can't tell if this is a work or a shoot. We know Sasha's history, but mm-hmm. part of me thinks that they know that we know Sasha's history. Right. So it's it's like 
it's this back and forth that the Mark Wrestling fan has in the back of their head going, well, these things are the reasons why it's a work, but there are these things over here which very clearly lay out that it could be a shoot. Well, it sounded like it was uh, it was a shoot, um, just because of everybody that's talking. We 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 get an USO sighting also, uh, and we'll we'll talk about that really quick. Please, not um, another DUI. No, as far as like him <laughs> commenting on this, yes, no, please, no more Thank DUIs God. for any of the USOs. You the one, yeah. Um, so yeah, so the WWE made a statement, and I will read said statement. You the that's point like, one. Oh. Uh, he said on the, they said on the network the official WWE statement. Um, it's it, it's titled official WWE statement on Sasha Banks and Naomi. When Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw. During the broadcast, they walked into WWE head of talent relations John Laurinaitis' office with their suitcases in hand, placed their tag team championship belts on desk on his desk, and walked out. They claimed they weren't respected enough as, a tag, as tag team champions, and even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they have had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We regret we were unable to deliver, as advertised, tonight's main event. Close statement. Uh, they went behind the veil a little bit there with uh, this sports, a little bit sports entertainment, entertainment. <laughs> um, I that's a it, that's a lot to digest. Yes, proceed. It is definitely a lot to di- to digest, and it's. I still don't know. I, I because it, I, I just I, don't I, know. I feel this is this is clearly a, a, a shit. plus the way Corey was on Raw. They were all like that. I know, which is why is it to get Naomi into the bloodline? <laughs> I, I really, I, I I'm not saying we're... that's like the number one reason why this is happening. Mm-hmm. But is it to get Sasha out of the tag? Like, is this the only way to get Sasha out of the tag division without having to break up fully with Naomi and going going to a feud with her? Well, the the original the, the idea for Monday was to have the six woman tag, excuse a me, six pack six, challenge. I'm sorry, six pack challenge. Uh, for their individual, I guess, title which is t- Which is Tornado Rules, if I'm not mistaken. Which is, right. So, which which could have ended up with Sasha Banks taking on Naomi at some point. Um, so, the, the plan, apparently, was to have Naomi win this whole thing, go into Hell in a Cell, and have her face Bianca Belair. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. they're going to have, on the SmackDown side, have Sasha Banks take on Ronda Rousey. I'm now looking into the idea of playing devil's advocate here. So, if you have these two people... Already in combination as a cha- as champion as champion that way with the, with these two women. So why would you then want to split them up? The the tag the tag the women's tag division already is shit. So yeah. you putting these belts on them to begin with was not met with the greatest. Uh, according to Sasha Banks, not met with the greatest uh, enthusiasm, but they took it and they took the ball and ran with it, and they made themselves champions. And they were supposed to have this good run. They were they were linked up. They thought they would kind of do their thing with this, and all of a sudden, Vince doing Vince things said, "You know what? Let's put a pause on that, and I'm going to kind of split you guys up again." Um, would I feel some sort of way also if if I was one of them and? Now all of a sudden you're kind of ruining what 
is meant to be this kind of thing in our our wrestling career, this phase in our wrestling career, I'd, I'd be a little pissed. But but you're you're getting away from the meat of that statement. Mm. The biggest part of that statement was that, and you can quote me on this, and I, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, this is what it says: that they were uncomfortable with two of their opponents in the ring. That's correct. So, even though WWE made the statement saying that they already had matches with said two people, yes, right. Which, I mean, it, it has to be the other tag team of Dewdrop and, and Nikki, Ash. Nikki Ash. Yes. Yes. So I don't, I don't, I still don't understand exactly what's going on. So apparently, like it still might be a shoot. It still might be a work. Who the fuck knows? I'm, okay, I, I'm going to, I'm going into why I think it's a, a shoot. Uh, so Jimmy Uso sends his support, uh, obviously, yeah, hopefully, if you want to stay in the same bed. Um, same house. Same house. Uh, there's strong belief uh, backstage that Sasha Banks manipulated Naomi into leaving with her. Um, <laughs> Cameron, who I don't know if anybody cares, uh, but Naomi's former tag team partner, Cameron, accused Sasha Banks of manipulating uh, Naomi into walking out on Raw. Naomi's husband, Jimmy Uso, took to his Instagram and uploaded two pictures of Banks and Naomi as he showed them support. Um, uh, Banks and Naomi's walkout was also called a publicity stunt. Um, WWE has, al- has also been accused of pitting talents against each other with their public statement about the current matter. So that there's that, too. As far as you know, kind of putting it out there and making it public knowledge, um, that you know, there's there's just stuff going on uh, with with the two of them and kind of you know putting up put, putting them up against each other. Uh, Sasha Banks uh, apparently has alienated everybody backstage, according to uh, uh, Ringside News. Um, as I mentioned, as far as manipulation, they had this situation going. Years before, with Sasha Banks uh, walking out on McMahon, then um, over discrepancies with the tag title situation. Well, so it seems to be a, a, a running theme with <laughs> with these tag titles. Um, Fooled me once. Shame, shame on me. Shame on me. Uh, Steve Fooled me twice. Can't get fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, George. Uh, Steve, Steve Carrier, Ringside News, says uh, via his Twitter, uh, we can confirm the big heat on Sasha Banks backstage in WWE is legit. In fact, we were told that Sasha is not well-liked, quote, backstage in WWE. At this point, she has alienated everyone backstage. On the other hand, we were told that Naomi is well-liked. So there's that. Uh, It's because Naomi's part of the bloodline. That's why people like her? They have to. (laughs) You are forced to. Um, (laughs) Dave Meltzer uh, points out in his, uh, his podcast, Naomi is a grown adult. People close to the situation have told Dave that they think Naomi made her own choice. Many don't think the situation made any sense at all. He says, quote, there's certainly people who are trying to claim that Naomi has, was manipulated, and other people have told me that it's really not fair to say because Naomi's a person, she is, uh, she made the choice herself and everything like that. But, you know, it's like being in a pay-per-view and challenging for the singles championship, even though they're going to lose. I mean, you're going to lose to Ronda Rousey and Bianca Belair. It's not like they're being buried. You know what I mean? It's not like they were out there and it was bad for business thing. I kind of agree with that. 
So do I. Um, I just it, it it doesn't make sense though to kind of put them out there. On the same time, I'm, I'm kind of I'm torn both ways. I really do think this, this is why this I, is a think shoot. That, I really do think this is a shoot. Sasha wanted to get out. Okay. From rumors I've read on the internet, I don't remember exactly where they were, but I've read these rumors. Mm. Uh, Naomi was supposed to pin Sasha. <laughs> okay. So if that is truth and that is in canon and all that, mm. that. I could lead to believe that it's where they had the discrepancies that they they didn't think this was right for their tag title run. Right. So why would they do that? And also, if I, I understand that Sasha is a SmackDown superstar technically, right? But you have her jumping back and forth with these women's tag titles, so it it's. My point being, you have two viable contenders for a ta- for a women's title in both Becky Lynch and Asuka, mm. but you're going to put Naomi as the one to just supersede all of them. Like I, I not that she couldn't. No, I'm not saying she couldn't. I'm saying she could. Right. But right now, like there is a storyline currently happening where two people are fighting over the chance to face the t- the champion. Right. So why wouldn't you at least have that come to a head at some point mm. so one of those people can face a champion? Then if you want to further that storyline, have the other person cost that person the title. It's, it's tales as old as time. It just seems weird to, to throw it in, in the mix like this. Now here's my question. Sure. How long before Becky Lynch and Asuka go after the tag titles? <laughs> <laughs> Together? Yeah. Uh, I know, I know. Um, it's just it's, it's it's weird, man. It's just it's just the man press. No, that didn't sound. Oh, wow, that just sounds weird. <laughs> Put that on a shirt. Um, yeah, it's just it's just kind of weird. It's just all kinds of weird that we are are in this situation yet again. Um, the, no, what what other name? The du- the Dublin Tokyo connection. There you go. I'm shutting your mic off. Uh. I'm grasping the straws really now. Are. Yeah, we really are. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it's it's just weird. So I'm looking forward to see what's going to happen with this entire thing. But you know, it's it's not like we haven't seen this before. I'm talking. I'm not talking about Sasha Banks because we've seen that many, many times before. Um, you know, as far as wrestlers walking out and not when they don't get their way. Steve Austin, yeah. I'm looking at you. Uh, Which he regrets. He does. I mean, he, he's come out and said that he regrets it, but. After the fact, in the moment, if you you're doing something that you just don't feel is great for business, like what do you, what do you do? I mean, it's it's you versus the man, it's you versus the machine, and you know sometimes it pays off, but you have to have you better have a name that it'll pay off for. Like your name better be Sasha Banks in the women's division, or you better be you know someone that's not named you know name a a D list uh, you know or you have a twenty four seven title strapped around your waist. <laughs> Dana Brooke, I'm looking at you. Um, God forbid if she, she dropped, deserves if, so if much she more. Dro- if she dropped that belt on the table, John would be like, "Get the hell out of my room! Get out of yeah. my office right now!" So it all depends on on who you is. Uh, yeah. If Dana Brooke, if Dana Brooke dropped that title on on John Laurinaitis's desk, he would have went, "Okay, go." 
if you want to go, go. That's my best jump. That's my best Lauren. That might have been. I, I, I give you kudos a lot of times for giving the, the really good impressions. That was probably your worst impression I've ever heard. Probably. I don't know who that was. More like a Harvey Firestein. He he has that raspy voice. He does. He does. From I think that I mixed too much of the Joker into there. <laughs> Very bad. You want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> Very bad man, Escobar. Um, what else here? Uh, let's get off the Sasha Banks and Naomi thing. We'll we'll keep uh, tabs on that throughout the weeks because that's going to be the main story going forward. Um, and then oh yeah, it, it just it's it's it was more. So not obviously because of the, the them putting the belts down and then kind of you know leaving the, the day of, but it is also WWE trying to cover themselves because it's not. I mean, I I get why they would do it. I just don't agree with the approach that they took it. Like if if, they're, if you're going to unveil everything in your sports entertainment way, uh, this is definitely the way to do it because it's it's a scripted program. You had eight hours to go here to, to practice this and do. That, I didn't like that. Not the point. That wasn't the point of them doing it the point was that you had them with these belts you put the belts on them scripted program as you stated you're the ones that did it so for you to give them the belts and then to separate them into some weird storyline it it just it further pushes the narrative of WWE women's tag division as being shit because you just don't care it, the bigger picture is the the belts the bigger picture is Ronda Rousey and Bianca Belair which is fine, we get that, but at the same time, you still have to have those mid cards, and you've put a you put two top tier talents in mid card roles to kind of carry for this 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 program. So then, why not? Have you see been that? listening to the Pat McAfee show? I have not. I, I, I okay. There's a ton of people that I, I for some reason I hear that when they hear them say we're into the program. Uh, yeah, so it just it doesn't make any sense. I I would love to see where they go with this. You know my. Biggest, I assume there's going to be a tag my, a tag tournament at some point for the yeah. women's tag titles. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Tag team turmoil. Yes. There's eventually... I don't like the way that that the WWE did this. Mm. That whole entire last paragraph did not need to go out into the ether. It did not. It did not need to, it did not need to get put out. It did not. WWE is a live uh, scripted television program. I, is it really? I didn't... <laughs> Oh, the, here's the thing. Holy shit, I didn't know that. We all know, but I don't want you to tell us that you are. <laughs> right. Right. It's not your job. It is not your job to tell us that because if that's the case, you would tell us also how you guys work out the matches too, which yeah. I've never heard anybody discuss that either. So um, if we're going to. I have, but only on podcasts recently. Okay. Not like recently, recently, mm. but you know, podcasts. I mean, I've heard is I, a recent thing. I've heard wrestlers talk about it, like you know, uh, uh, Shawn Michaels uh, famously said that you know, it, with his match with Taker, that he wrote out, like, forgive me, for which which uh, part was which which was which, but that he wrote out half of the match. Taker wrote out half the match. They put it together and became you know, uh, a match for the ages. So it's we we understand what goes into it, but like you said, I completely agree with you. I, I don't want to hear you <laughs> say it. I don't know how it's made. Don't tell me how the 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 dish is made. Just uh, give it to me. I want to eat it. Listen, listen. This is the best analogy I can put to it. I I don't know about you. I love cottage cheese. No. Exactly. I don't want to see how cottage cheese is made because I'm assuming it's disgusting. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me how cottage cheese is made because I might not ever eat it again. Mm -hmm. But I love 
cottage cheese on top of an arepa, ooh, oh my god, it's so delicious. But I don't want to see it being made. <laughs> I feel the it same probably way. looks gross. I feel the same way about peanut butter. <laughs> that's the, tell, the I don't even know how peanut butter's made. The horror stories of, think about of everything made. that that the the FDA allows in, in peanut butter, it's 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 criminal. So yeah, I I completely understand. What that's you're why saying. I get the natural. Mm. With a little oil on top that you got to mix. The only the only peanut butter you're allowed to leave in the fridge is the all natural. Yeah, because the you don't want if it stays out, the oil will separate from the rest of the peanut butter, mm. and you got to remix it. It's a whole fucking process. Yeah, I like that. I like the oil. I like yeah. Mix. Anyway, we digress. Uh, speaking of uh, people leaving. Uh, I would like to talk about contracts that are set to expire soon, mostly on the AEW side. Um, oh, I was just about to say, I'm pretty sure Naomi's is about to expire. No, that, soon well, too. Naomi's is about to expire. Um, what we were talking about as uh, as far as like people leaving, we we didn't talk about last week uh, the departure of one. It's always rare when we talk about AEW people leaving. Uh, the unsigning of or the lack of signing of uh, one Stu Grayson. Uh, we didn't mention that. So Dark Order is down one member. <laughs> so uh, uh, happy trails to Stu Grayson. Um, Wonderful. But we talked about uh, what well, we wanted. I wanted to talk about uh, as far as like all these wrestlers who were signed pretty much at the same time when AEW first commenced. Um, and, you know, since they all re- relatively have the same kind of. It's the first round of like the first serious round of contract renewals. Yeah, because you know it's they're about to celebrate their three year anniversary as pushed on this past week's dynamite. Um, so a lot of them signed three year deals, and so we're talking about like like young bucks. Um, and well, they they extended. Already. They extended. Uh, Kenny Omega was like it was uh, February of, of that th- first year. Jer- I would love to say that you have to assume that those guys are going to extend Jericho. But I mean, Cody Rhodes. Exactly. That's my point. Um, uh, let's see. Brian Danielson, Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, uh, Moxley, um, JR signed. JR signs are expiring? What they're, they're looking into as far as like the, if they sign around the same time that they would, they're soon to expire. Oh, because like JR signed at eight, Brian Danielson months. and John Moxley are, are two very far apart contract signings. That it, this is true. Um, JR signed an 18 month con- contract, which is kind of weird. Um, At first? No, recently. Uh, extended. Oh. Um, I think they're trying to phase him out. Not, I, I, not in, a, a, in a malicious way. I think like they're just trying to build Excalibur to what he is supposed to be. So. Thinking, I was thinking about that too, and watching our our dynamite that we were at, and then watching this week's dynamite. Um, he is there, Tony's there, and I I love their roles, I, re- I really do, but they are really there just for nostalgic purposes and for color. Yes, um, because Excalibur is clearly, which it was kind of muddled in the beginning of the of the of the program, uh, finding out who who or what is what in what role, <laughs> but it is clear that Excalibur is is the head of that um, that trio. And that's fine because he is great at what he does. He's amazing at what he does. He's probably the best lead in all of wrestling. Um, I said, I I said that Cole. You know, you can take that. Uh, and as far as color, I mean, the two of them is just brings up nostalgia for me. As far as like watching wrestling and hearing their voices. But 
you, it's clear who who it is. So, do you know if, it would be an underrated commentary team? I think it would suck. If, I'm sorry. I think it would suck if Jr. wasn't to come back. But I would understand who who's underrated. Imagine if Excalibur and Pat McAfee were to oh, fucking shit. combine forces. <laughs> I think they try to do that too. I think they try to do that with like when they have like Rampage and they have like all these other wrestlers come out and and do color with Excalibur. I think they try to duplicate that kind of like weird you know side person hero doing his thing and it doesn't work because you know there's only one pat and he does it better than anybody um mm-hmm. so when i hear someone like you know when there's taz on, on color when there's ricky starks or jericho it's it's just not it's not the same i mean Jer- jericho's uh, amazing and i mark out for him every time with with jas but as far as color it's it's just not the same so i would i would really if they did like a a, a real forbidden door and had the two of them <laughs> do uh do color and and lead that would that would be amazing all right here's a third i want to i, I want to pose a third to that commentary team of excalibur and pat sure william regal wow just so i could hear regal call excalibur the, man in the mask man in the mask <laughs> the man in the mask. he goes patrick man in the mask <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, that's the, there's the contracts that are expiring. Uh, let's see what else here. What what else I got? Um, oh, so the WWE Clash at the Castle. Ooh, that would be one. If I were to go fucking like fly for an event, an event, mm-hmm. it would have been that one. But I heard it what, what sold out. So uh, <laughs> there is. Um, there's rumblings as far as disappointment amongst fans because the Clash of the Castle tickets apparently are the most expensive in company history. History. I also I, I read somewhere I think I read a tweet that this got by the way, that's crazy. It's insane. Maybe it's because they're working on American dollars. Uh I will tell you <laughs> So like their prices over there are a little inflated with, you know, the mm. Euro and all that shit. Mm. I, I think that's how that goes, right? Well, <laughs> is that how that works? Uh, I will tell you here that uh, they they were anticipating WWE, anticipating a huge live gate for Clash of the Castle, their premium live event coming up in the UK. Uh, fans pre-registered for tickets in droves when the show was announced. And many of those excited fans became disappointed when they realized how much it cost them to get in the door. Uh, it resulted in thousands of people changing their minds about attending the show. Clash tickets are the highest priced in WWE history. Meltzer explained WWE's <sighs> unique pricing strategy on his on his podcast. The company scaled ticket uh, ticket prices to make the most possible money from the hardcore fans who would buy at any price. The cheapest tickets for the event, nosebleed seats, were two hundred and fifty dollars. Two fifty. It's the highest ever because they scaled it. So the all-time record for WWE, which I believe is the first time they were at they were in AT&T Stadium where they leg- legitimately drew 80,000 people. That was a 17 million dollar gate. This one was scaled at the current prices for a 21 million dollar gate with less seats available than were going to, less seats available than were going to be available. So it'd be much Good English. Higher, much higher, I know. So it'd be much higher ticket prices than any WrestleMania because they counted on the idea that it's the first one, and the demand was heavy. So they jacked up the prices really high. It's weird because people would go in there, and they would try to get the cheapest tickets, and they were told it was at uh, 225 pounds, which is about 240, 250 dollars American. Um, 
a U.S. dollar. Uh, and then it would they would turn American it down. dollars, all right. Sure. But then later, other people were, were getting as low as 40 pounds for upper deck seats. <laughs> so the, the price immediately fluctuated. So people were like, what the hell is going on? Um, and they just uh, it goes on. He goes on to talk about rapidly changing prices with the with the event. Fans who are frustrated with the pricing may want to check back in from time to time. WWE plans to lower the prices to a more reasonable level now that the initial rush is over. Once the initial demand has fallen off, the price tag should become much easier to swallow. That just tells you how things work when trying to get tickets. If you jump in immediately, you might uh, you know, it's the price to pay to to assure yourself of getting into an event. It's not just wrestling across the board. I'm wondering if it was like a. See now, you you said it because it's nosebleed, so this is why I don't think it's like that. But do you remember when we were looking for the tickets for the event that we just went to last week? Sure. Uh, and we we found our tickets that were like, I don't know, what were they? One hundred and twenty bucks. Yeah. Then like three rows ahead of us, mm. three rows mm-hmm. were what fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah. There's some shit like that. Insane number. And it was because like that one was like a VIP ticket. Right. That that's why I don't like I tried to in my head I was trying to compare it to that. Cause I, I figured it was like that, and then I it dawned on me that you were talking about nosebleeds. Yeah. So <laughs> I doubt they have VIP nosebleeds. <laughs> I uh and if they do, where can I find them? <laughs> I would love to know where they are. The, yeah, it's weird when you when you go on the ticket master. Are they smoking sections up there? <laughs> That's the whole thing. Are we still in the eighties? I would love to know uh, the idea between what are you talking about the eighties. What I said? What are you talking about the eighties? I was at a fucking baseball game in 07 in the nosebleeds, and these freaking construction oh, well. workers were in the freaking literally the last row ripping heaters. I mean, yeah, they really care. You can't really do that because it's not allowed, but. Yeah, I mean, nobody cares if you're in the very last row of the yeah, damn stadium. It was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> they were up in these heaters. Um, it's it's uh, I uh, I'm at a loss for words because yeah. it's, it's it's just weird. Also, what my point was going to be: it's weird when you look at Ticketmaster, you go for seats, and it's like just like you said, it's I could literally be in row seven at one price, and then one row in front of me, I I could touch the guy's shoulder. When it's it's two feet in front of me, that seat in front of me is about five hundred dollars more. It's it's just or, or or more than that. It's just it's ridiculous how that works. I hope that guy sitting in front of us paid astronomically more than we did. Oh, we got to get into yeah. We're <laughs> we are floundering with all these other topics. I want to get into all things that happened at Dynamite. I wasn't going to bring him up at all. We had we had an experience with everything. But now thinking about it, I really we, hope he we, paid like fucking seven hundred bucks for the <laughs> each. <laughs> Seems a little annoyed. Um, by the way, uh, uh, on to other things before we get into our experience here. Um, uh, outside ring stuff. So if you watched Raw this past Monday, they did a countdown uh, to Cody Rhodes. Uh, that was apparently uh, a, going uh, going against um, uh, the uh, playoffs, NBA playoffs. But mm-hmm. um, apparently it, it pulled in a huge number uh, for, for WWE. Um, a huge number for them. I, I, I tuned in. See, so when that that two hour got me, that two hour mark happened. Uh, you, you get you get Cody and you get uh, Seth freaking Rollins and him maniacally laughing. But yeah, I thought I thought that was kind of um interesting. 
was that uh, that they had a, a good number with that that countdown, and it was it was actually a success. Uh, and people, you know, we we talked about this on on the show. That's as far as you know what they would do with Cody and and <laughs> the <laughs> the idea of uh, you're going to make him stardust in like two weeks. Um, I, I guess would, that's not true. Would I would I have been surprised if they did that? No, because it's WWE. But uh, he is come across as I would have been surprised that Cody would have signed off on that back to creative control back to the topic of creative control and having that say like if it was this if this was old Cody uh um uh you know teaming up with Ted DiBiase Jr and uh um Randy Orton no he would not have that that pull and he'd be started us in a heartbeat but now that he has the pull and he's going in for championship contention yeah he has a pull and so, you know, the fact the fact that he had a countdown is just is very WWE of them, and it it paid off. Uh, I think my favorite story of everything this entire week, uh, Tony Storm was interviewed on AEW Unrestricted. They asked her about the infamous uh, pie throwing segment on WWE uh, SmackDown before she pieced out. Um, it's supposed to have like some sort of you know title contention picture uh with uh charlotte even though obviously she wasn't gonna win they asked her about that they said that she said tony storm said uh and i quote i was actually quite happy with that segment that day it was a lot better than the original idea the original idea do you do you remember do you know about this i remember this segment i don't know what the original idea the was. original idea was like i was called up and asked if i was comfortable having my shirt ripped off or something I know what could have been. They wanted. To, they wanted to do. How this. would that be bad? How is getting a pie in the face better than getting your shirt ripped off? Well, I mean, are you hurt? Put yourself in her shoes. <laughs> I mean, good point. But like, how is it better for us? <laughs> it's, it's not. No I'm kidding. <laughs> they wanted to do this whole angle where they wanted to rip my shirt off to be embarrassed to my underwear. I guess when you're asked if you're comfortable what? to do that, and literally people are being fired every single week. It's <laughs> as she experienced. It's like, well, yeah, I guess I'm comfortable with that. Then a lot of people fought to not have that happen. That would have been a terrible idea. To be honest, the pie was actually quite a sweet treat in comparison to what could have been. In hindsight, I don't really I don't really mad. Okay. I'm not even mad. People think I'm mad. I think it's hilarious. Standing there covered in pie. I can demolish food. <laughs> so if they're throwing food at me, that was a good day. Not painful at all. That was a good one, to be honest. That was one of my better times. So apparently they were going to pull a full uh, uh, attitude era and go uh, all kinds of um, Tory Wilson and just rip her clothes off uh, instead of a pie. So that was the original idea. Your thoughts? His mouth is just open, just stunned. I get it. When I read this, I was. I was I, but we got her OnlyFans, so I guess. <laughs> Have you been on I that? Guess, by the way, I guess the outcome still. <laughs> Still was the same. <laughs> well, the difference is you have to pay for that. That's that's the problem is that you're paying for that. This yeah, was, that's true. This was free. You're not going to see my booty for free. And yeah, so boy, do you? No, <laughs> do you? Um, yeah, just that I I found that it's that Vince was willing to go back in in time to uh, to get the ratings. Tony Storm strikingly more gorgeous in person. She very really is. She really is. Uh, my, so was Tay Conti. Wow. Oof. Wow. I know. So was Jade, Jade Cargill. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about all that shit. Good God. Um, 
So were all of the baddies. All the baddies. My last outside the ring story before we get into all things in the ring. Until you, unless you have some stuff. Um, apparently on Rampage, uh, which they record on Wednesdays. Spoiler alert. Um, there was a scary moment with Brian Danielson. Uh, in, in his this ma- this week's rampage. That's what's about to happen tomorrow. That's coming out tomorrow. That's coming out. We're we're taping this on a Thursday. This will be out tomorrow for Friday. Uh, oh with, with the special start time at seven o'clock. Um, which, by the way, on a side note, those rampages, these, these past rampages that have been uh, conflicting with uh, NBA and 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 uh, all things playoffs. Mm-hmm. No, no rating whatsoever. Like it's ridiculous how bad their ratings have been. Rampage has not, you expect? not been a pull anyway. But you having it at five thirty in the afternoon and having Jr. on uh, on color talk about like you know getting lunch <laughs> while watching Rampage and, and uh, Tony Giovanni's like, are you starting some some stuff here? Like it's just, it's that's not a good look. Like having a five thirty Excalibur announcing it's a five thirty Eastern, two thirty Pacific Rampage. What? What are we doing? That's hilarious. I never think about that. What are we doing? I'm like five thirty. That's not bad for us. And then I go, wow. In I, the on the on the West Coast, it's two thirty p.m. I'd literally be kids I, might not be out of school. Not yet. even out of school. I'd be working, and I could put on my phone and say, "Listen, let me watch Rampage right now." <laughs> I would have just gotten to work. <laughs> there you go. See, two thirty in the afternoon on the West Coast. Um. So anyway, uh, I was saying as far as Brian Danielson, he had a match uh, on Rampage, the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, brawled with the uh, uh, Jericho Appreciation Society. And uh, he, which I've never seen this in my entire life in this video online, uh, for about seven minutes, he had his leg stuck between the ring and the ramp. So after taping, the crew had to come over. Oh. The, ramp, the ramp is elevated. It's it's not on the ground. So just like WWE's, they, they walk on the ground. AEW has a ramp, like a flat ramp that goes from it kind of you know goes down, but this one went from ramp to ring that they they sometimes do. His leg got stuck between the two, and they it took them seven minutes to to get it out. Seven minutes. Seven minutes to get his leg out. That's insane. That's insane that that happens in 2022. Like I, I, mistakes happen, I guess, but damn. You imagine? Damn. Like, so Danielson couldn't combat his way out of it. <laughs> Tip your waiters. Tip. Try the veal. <laughs> Try the veal. Yeah. So I found that uh, I found this the story very interesting, and uh, on the Twitter on um, uh, some fans t- twitters on AEW scary moment of, of the taping. Excuse me of AEW rampages. Brian Danielson's leg got stuck between the ring and the ramp and was trapped for over ten minutes. Excuse me after the show ended. What? Um, and then other fan videos of the crew and literally and there's it's got to be one two, I mean, there's maybe 15 people surrounding him referees included you see like Aubrey Edwards other officials trying to get him out of there um another fan so uh in the closing melee Brian's leg got caught between the end of the ramp and the ring it took a bunch of dudes a long time to get him out and he was hobbling a to bunch the, of dudes and he was hobbling to the back that's not a good look, man. That's not good. That you have your top guy get injured because you can't have a ramp. You have a space between a ramp and the ring. You see Moxley. There's a picture of Moxley trying to like, I don't know, what What do you do? Like you can't, there's a huge ash stage. It's connected to the ramp. It's connected with, with the ring. Is obviously cannot connect it. So what do you do? Like you can't push the ring back. I, <laughs> you pull like 127 hours and you just amputate his leg. Like what, what do you do? Ha- Oof. <laughs> he, he has to amputate his own leg? <laughs> Chop it off. Um, 
how does it even get stuck? It's is just, my point. You, you can see the gap too. It's just it's weird. Can, like it literally just because I, I, I haven't seen the picture. Where on his leg is it stuck? I'm sharing my screen. Are we talking about like ankle? Are we talking shin area? I'm sharing my knee? I'm sharing my screen with you. So you guys can go okay. obviously go online and check it out. Um, let's see if they, there's a close up picture on this. Yeah, there oh, boy, you go. I hope there's there you a close up right there. So oh, his ooh. left his left leg is caught between. You see Aubrey, <laughs> God bless her, with her foot. By the way, you see whoever has her. That looks like Aubrey's leg because you can see her leg here. Like yeah. you see it pushing against the ring. She's and pushing the ring with her leg pushing, and the ramp. She's pulling with one arm. With one arm, yeah, because she's that strong. Meanwhile, Moxley over here is just. I don't know what he's possibly doing here. He's looking at Brian's leg. Brian is bracing himself on the ring and the ramp with his left leg stuck between the two it's and that's that's one of the weirdest things i've ever seen i can't tell if like brian's in pain or he's just like trying to figure a way out i, I mean he, he's probably thinking also i might have to lose my leg i gotta chop it off <laughs> it just it's just a weird, it's wild thing it's just very weird and wild stuff um wrestling am i right uh, do you have anything before we venture into? I do not. Oh, look at you! All right, let's talk. Um, we can really quickly talk about th- this past uh, Wednesday, but I want to start off with our experience at AEW Dynamite at USB UBS Arena. I want to start off by saying this: Sure. If you are going for the sole purpose of watching the wrestling show in its entirety probably not the best seats to be sitting in with that being said i loved our seats mm-hmm. because i don't give a fuck and i'll go back and rewatch dynamite which is what i did anyway sure but the fact that all of the wrestlers were pretty much walking right next to us was pretty fucking cool, man. It really was cool. So we were sitting, if you're looking at the stage, we were sitting to the right, last row back. So The last row back. The very, the very last row back. It was hot. Pyro was right next Pyro to us. Pyro was right next to us, and that is the section. If you go to a lot of live shows, um, even like Monday Night Raw, like you, you will go see, like because of time restraints, you can only have, you know, there's a quick turnaround, so you'll you'll constantly see, especially in AEW, constantly see Aubrey Edwards, who is like lead lead mama there, tell everybody go, like get out, it's time to go. So either you go on the ramp, which if you're done with your match, most people like if you're trying to end the segment, the winner the heels, normally, the winner normally, or in in like Jericho's case, the the, the heels who got their ass kicked will go up the ramp, kind of finish off the shot. Oh, I'm sorry. Go okay. on. Okay. Um, finish off the shot, and then everybody else kind of, you know, commercial happens, and then the wrestlers, when they're trying to get everything else ready for the next segment, will go to the right of the ramp next to the fans, and then go out the sideway behind the, the, their Tron. Into the backstage area. Yes, into the backstage area. So, that's where we sat. We sat the entire time, right in that back row, which is an amazing space to see these guys come, you know, in and out, uh, mostly out. Um, yeah, mostly out. Couple people in, 
Talking about you, House of Black. House of Black, sneakily coming in. Uh, also for like segments like uh, um, Jericho Appreciation with the podium, like tables, you know, th- that's the way they come in with all the, the props. Mm-hmm. Um, contract signing. Contract signing, yes. They had the table come out. <clears throat> Excuse me, the table and the chairs come out that way. So let's go through the, the lineup as, as far as the, the matches, and then, you know, we'll get to it while these things were going on, our experiences. So um, as you mentioned, if you're watching it from before that- anything, first dap of the night was Mercedes Martinez. Oh yeah, she because she had the the match they taped on dark right before Dynamite right. went live. Correct, right, 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 right. So they had they had that match. She so that was my first high five of the night. So you, you got a high five. I didn't I did not get a high five from Mercedes. So yeah. she, she can suck it. Got a high five and went. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Immediately sniffed her hand. <laughs> Um, so the first match of the night, uh, as you mentioned, though, I was, I was going to say, like, if you're sitting in those seats, expect to see really nothing in the ring. That's, that's the only downside, unless you're like, unless you're tall, which I'm not. <laughs> if you're, if you're standing, I in saw the a back, good amount. Okay. Well, there you go. Cause you're, you're taller than me. But what I did see, what I did appreciate in the back, there was like what you said, as far as the, the wrestler interactions. So the first match. Adam Cole versus Dax Harwood, which was absolutely insane. Uh, I, I feel like this. I just said it to you off off air before we started recording. I feel like this dynamite was better than last, just because of the matches. I mean, obviously being there live is gives you kind of a more of a biased feel. Yeah. But but uh, I think the matches were more quality this week than they were last week. I mean, last week mm-hmm. than they were this week. Anyway, uh, Adam Cole versus Dax Harwood for uh, opening round Owen Hart tournament. Um. Big Sean versus Brett vibes. I don't know if anybody else I, caught that. I felt that. Also with uh, Martha Hot Hart. Martha Hot. Martha Hart. Martha Hart. Just, man, that was, that was as yonkers as I possibly could get. Martha Hart. <laughs> I said it the other day, too. I'm like, let me get some water. Like, what, what do you want? Water? water? Spell that. W-A-D-E-R. I want water. Uh, Martha Hart. It's better than Philly. <laughs> let me get a cup of water. Let me get some water. Uh Cole wins this in in spectacular fashion, and the match just kept going back and forth. Um, and FTR man is more over than more over than they've they've been in WWE to be sure. More and over than they've ever been, ever been ever. And uh, you know, having both belts helps, but man, they they are they are way over. Uh, so Cole wins that, and uh, he he advances uh, to face uh, the winner of this the match that happened uh, later on in the evening. Moving on, and so Cole, Cole, we were rushing up the ramp, and then you get Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler going coming our way, but they they were kind of further away from us, so they they really didn't interact. There were a lot of wrestlers that didn't interact with. You know, they didn't want to touch us peasants. The peasants. <laughs> so you know they they walked they walked out. Um, CM Punk man, uh, uh, <laughs> he comes out. CM Punk versus John Silver, Mister Meat Man, uh, comes out in an Islander jersey and could not. Hang on. Please. I need to elaborate on this. Sure. Okay, so you think that Punk got booed because it was CM Punk coming out in an Islanders jersey? I feel it was a combination of many things. It, okay. What do you feel it was a combination of? Because I'm going like, to have to look something up really quick. I feel, like, then... I feel like he was being booed as fraud because <laughs> he's from Chicago. Um, and then also, I'm, I'm assuming... That there were a lot of just like your boy Tim, a lot of Ranger fans in the house, mm-hmm. so there was some boost for that. And then the last time he was at UBS Arena, 
which was when his, he had his program against uh, one MJF, who was Long Island's own. He got booed the fuck out of the arena. So mm-hmm. I think it's a combination of many things, but he this that's the only place on the planet. Because literally the following week, what happened yesterday, cheered uh, louder than anybody. So it's the only place on the planet where CM Punk is hated immensely. And I and I think it's it's one of those three things, and it could have been a, com- a combination of all three things that led to him just getting almost again booed out of the arena again. You're forgetting the biggest thing, please, about why CM Punk got booed out of that arena. Why is that? It wasn't just the fact that he was wearing an Islanders jersey. Yeah, it could be considered fraud. Whatever that. None of the people in the UBS arena that were Islander fans mm-hmm. were booing him because he was strictly wearing an Islanders jersey. Mm-hmm. He wore the Islanders jersey that you don't wear anymore. Okay. And that is of number 91, John Tavares. Tavares. <laughs> because yeah. he left the Islanders in such a bad way. He went to the Maple Leafs, didn't he? He did. Yeah. I believe he's currently the captain of the Maple Leafs, wow. if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> okay. But the point being is that the reason Punk got booed so much. Okay, I didn't even think about that. Was because it was a Tavares jersey. Right. And I'm sure both Steven, Tim, and Pete are going to fucking rip me to shreds if I'm wrong on that. So I really hope that I'm not. (laughs) Wrong as far as what? As far as anything I just said about hockey. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like it's all right. It sounds like it, but I'm a very convincing person when I speak sometimes. So CM Punk gets immediately there's this boot out, and John Silver also also John Silver being from Long Island. Um, I feel like that's the other thing too I wanted to talk about too really quickly. That Dark Order has has plummeted as far as their stock. Like yeah. it's it's unfortunate how they've they've fallen so far. Yeah. Um, and, they lost uh, a guy. Uh, they, they well yeah, I mean they lost their 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 leader. <laughs> that's that was a, well that was the wheel and the wheels actually fell off is when they lost the, their their leader. i wasn't going as far as that part but, but let's, yeah let's talk real and then you know they just lost another guy about two weeks ago in grayson so yeah it's not as as meaty speaking of dark order i just want to point this out yes. uh uh evil uno and dark order number 10 <laughs> had a match before before Dynamite went live. Mm-hmm. And yo, 10 is fucking over, man. He really is. <laughs> it was wild. I was really happy to see that because that, that, that's a young kid to get over like that. Yeah. that that's fucking cool, man. Yeah. And he talked. Uh, let's see. And he talked. <laughs> and he talked. Uh, CM Punk gets the win, but uh, I, 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 I love John Silver. He is just because I, I can relate. <laughs> it's for short stocky guy that uh, can get over on on possibly one of the you know, most famous wrestlers on the planet today short stocky bald guy that can grow a hell of a beard yep. i get it you can relate i can relate yep i can relate uh-huh. <laughs> i really thought i was gonna get a high five from him i was like dude remember it was like a couple years ago <laughs> it wasn't it was just like last year wasn't it no dude it was like two years ago yeah during COVID. It, was like 20, it was 2020 it was during covid yeah, when you met uh, 100%. you met uh, Silver and Reynolds. Silver and Reynolds Never. at uh, the Wrestling Universe right. in Flushing, New York. Technically Bayside, if you if you subscribe to the theory of Friends Lewis Boulevard being the border. Real inside baseball. Yeah, real, real inside. <laughs> um, CM Punk wins, and that was just that was just a quick Bayside Flushing beef that I had going on. My bad. <laughs> That's on me. 
let's see here. Um, uh, after the win, uh, Hangman was on commentary after the win. Hangman. Um, we're trying to, when it comes to titles, my personal, it's just business. Oh yeah, okay. So Punk said, "Are you are you mad, Hangman? I don't know why these people don't like me." When it comes to you, when it comes to them, when it comes to that title, it's not personal to me. It's just business. I used to wake up every morning. Are you a good guy? This morning I woke up and asked myself, are you the champ? And my answer was yes. At double or nothing, you will shake my hand, whether you're conscious or unconscious. Um, he, get, he then went to shake his hand, and Anna Page immediately gave him the finger. Hell yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Um, <laughs> the next match, uh, I... I, I, I we we talked about it afterwards because it was kind of like weird how it went down. It was all of thirty seconds. It was really a squash. Uh, Mister Very Nice and Very Evil Danhausen. We were I was looking forward to uh, this debut of his. Uh, I thought he was going to come out to tequila. It's. <laughs> I, that would have been great. I think Tony has the means to be able to get that song because it's it's a very plus. Old... Think of the pop of when it just and the whole fucking arena just going tequila. It, it would just be absolutely insane. <laughs> absolutely insane. Um, oh, let's see. What do we have here? Mm-hmm. There's that. Uh, so yeah, so there's a really quickly, there is an action Bronson remix to that song. And boy, let me tell you, it's <laughs> fucking awesome. Well, maybe that would be since action Bronson is, uh, connected with, uh, with hook. Maybe we can get that. Oh, that is, that is, did you just not realize that? <laughs> you just realized I that. didn't. <laughs> you it just that? fucking came in my head. Now we have Hookhausen, and now we have Action Bronze. Maybe you can do a Tequila Remix. <sighs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, Tony Nese immediately squashed him. And there was like all five seconds just to get Hook to come out since we were beating his ass. Are, are you still having a hard on with this? Uh, this tequila, I need to calm remix? myself down. <laughs> Because that was, if that comes together, that it's going to be one of the greatest things. Because at the end, at the end of that song that Extra Bronson has, the going out is just tequila. Oh my God, I'm so <laughs> amped right now. It's a little things. Um, yeah, Hook comes out, shakes his hand, shakes Stanhausen's hand after they clear the ring with uh, Tony Nese and Mark Sterling. Mark Sterling, by the way, too, worked overtime this this. Uh, this this particular week, um, getting yeah, this Wednesday he had like four different segments. He pulled like the MVP. Um, so there's there was that squash Danhausen. We were talking about it, and we think that unless I'm mistaken, please correct me if I'm wrong. But he's still recovering from his injury, and that uh, this was more or less like yeah, uh, yeah, get get the just match. to get Tony Nisa win in Long Island. Right, right. There you go. Um, so there's that. I believe he. Is. I did just order my Hookhausen shirt. I just want to point that out. That's it's already out. Yeah, it's just it's you know the the original hook shirt. Yeah, so it just says hook, and then underneath it says housing. It's <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. Um, okay, and then <laughs> and then the interaction with the crew comes into play because we had our contract signing with MJF and Wardlow, mm-hmm. and so where we're sitting, we have the tables, we got the chairs coming coming in. All the, the orange uh, and blue balloons, the orange and blue balloons, like oh yes, everything that was there to set up for, uh, for the arena, and then MJF comes out in a uh, Long Island Islanders jersey. But the best part of this entire thing, and MJF Islanders jersey, and MJF Islanders jersey, right? But the best part of this entire thing, which you didn't really hear when you're in the arena, but watching it on replay, was the Jericho narrated Dark Side of the Ring segment with MJF. Which I oh, thought, I heard it. 
in the arena. I, I, I don't know. If, I, I don't know if you did. I barely. I didn't hear the beginning because the beginning was the best part where he was like, "I'm not talking for this asshole." Like we. I I did hear that. I part. didn't hear that part, and then he was like, "How, yeah. much, how much is he paying?" Okay, never mind. <laughs> I thought that yeah. was hysterical. I didn't hear MJF that. is <laughs> one of the great. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> so he had a, a dark side of the ring segment uh, play at UBS before he came out, and you heard his music. Um, anyway, he's it's just so over. Like again, with CM Punk being the only place on the planet where he gets booed, MJF the only place on the planet where he gets cheered, and it's like it's mm-hmm. way over to the point where when they had the contract signing that he's telling people to boo Wardlow when he starts talking, and they did. We they, did. They, you did. I did. <laughs> I did not. I for sure did. <laughs> I hate MJF, <laughs> and I, I express it. So my my only shot on screen on TV was where we're sitting. You see this lone. Brown middle finger sticking up in the air. <laughs> no way! <laughs> you get to see. My, I missed that. You see my middle finger point Fuck. towards MJF. Um, that was my my claim to fame for that night. Was <laughs> as you if see you look about six seats over, you'll see a large dude in a red 49er hat. And they never they never cut to that side. That's the only that's a problem. Like they, I know it, it's, it's the only bad part. But yeah, you saw my middle finger point up to MJF, and he had the pull to get everybody to boo Wardlow, which is insane. And then he gets his handcuffs off to. Sign the contract, and then he just goes absolutely ape shit. And the funny part with for the for me with that, other than you know, uh, Mark getting tossed into the table, excuse me, was that seeing all the air quote security guards walk past us that were all injured and hurt and holding their heads and holding their stomachs, still selling. It was great, very selling, very good with selling, very very selling, and uh, yeah, even the big ones, the small ones. Um, but there are two. Security guards, just like an old school WWF, when, when there was like a one big guy that would always stand next to the ring that had the 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 Kangol hat and the the, yeah. the goatee. There's two AEW guys. There's one white guy, one ball black guy. They will never. Those are actual security guards. The other guys are assuming wrestlers from indie promotions or dark wrestlers that you know are in the area and just want to put a shirt on and get paid. And those are the, the ones greatest that thing ever. Was about thirty minutes later, I look up into the stands to our left. And I go, guys, look, that's all the security guards. They're going to sit down and watch the rest of the matches. <laughs> You've done your job. You get paid your your, your pittance. Now yeah. go, go watch the rest of the match. I mean, listen, I would have done that for free. Here's your payment of a hot dog and a beer. Go watch the rest of the me, show, buddy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I'll take a shot from uh, uh, Wardlow. I mean, it hurt like hell. But, uh, yeah, why not? So he, he took them all out. Um, put to put uh smart mark sterling through a table uh knocked out um sean spears and then almost had his hands on mgf until sterling jumped on his back um and then seeing all everybody the crew come out and take the table out which was funny too because there's there's a half a table there's the other half of the table <laughs> they, they yeah. take both out they, that was awesome they roll the chairs out so there was that um let's see what else we, we had here oh, the ft ftw title match which, which was pretty good jungle boy and ricky starks uh Nothing too extreme about that, other than the fact that they're they're setting up this thing with Swerve, um, against like, this this whole thing with with Swerve against uh, with actually was set up this this week with Jungle Boy, Ricky Starks, and Swerve Strickland uh, in the in the three way match. Starting to see some dissension between Christian and Jungle Boy. I've seen that for a while though. Even when they were yeah. at uh, in in, in uh, Use your words. Uh, when they were during COVID, when they they in Jacksonville, um, mm-hmm. kind of like put that thing thing out there. Um, yeah, I, I I feel like that's kind of run its course, and they just need to do that. But now things. this past week on Dynamite, when they made that trip, when Christian made that triple threat, 
you see Jungle Boy going, like, what? Who? I mean, all right, but then, <laughs> who, are, who are you? Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, you saw that too. Um, and then the Jericho, and then probably our fa- my favorite segment of the of the night, which happened to be the Jericho Appreciation Society victory speech. It was my favorite segment of the night for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so I'm going to explain exactly what happened here. So again, we saw everything come out. We saw the JAS podium come out. They were going to do all the, all this this talking for this their victory speech, uh, you know, against Eddie Kingston and uh, Santana and Ortiz. Uh, they come out, and then I just marked uh, Jericho Appreciation Society for over nine weeks. <laughs> the, the what, what's the? Uh, they are the benchmark in sports. In sports entertainment. entertainment. <laughs> and then the music hits, and and uh, and now I, I love the fact that they and everybody still sings, still, still sings it. Uh, yeah, Judas. So they come out, they do their piece. Um, and then you get uh, uh, Daniel uh, Brian Danielson, excuse me, <laughs> Brian Danielson's music. Um, then you get John Moxley's wild thing music, and then you get there's no music, and all of a sudden you see them turn around, and assumingly from our seats, from my seats, you, uh, looking up at the at the the Tron there, you see that there's Kingston and Santana and Ortiz, and they were all surrounded Jericho and his Appreciation Society. And uh, by the way, the 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 fact that they call the AEW Galaxy is hysterical to me. It's awesome. It's just again the 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 inner workings of Jericho and because his, what's another name for universe? The galaxy. <laughs> the, the 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 meta that Jericho goes through being a sports entertainer in AEW is absolutely hysterical, and that the entire crew calls themselves sports entertainers. Um, which also this week we'll really quickly get into uh, as far as him almost announcing the third. <laughs> Stadium stampede until Moxley cut that shit off, but we'll we'll talk about that uh, later on. That, that happened this week. As far as last week, they get their ass kicked. Jericho does. They go up the ramp. You you see the stare down happening, and then it it cuts to the whatever the next segment. I think it was uh, Serena Deeb, um, and then to talk about that. They they then we're talking about. I have no idea what segment came after that. Yeah, uh, let me see here if, if if I had it correctly. Oh well, they had the the Jamie Hader match, but anyway. So for this segment, we're talking about the side ramp area where the wrestlers, <clears throat> if you either go up the ramp or you go up down the side, which is most, most, wrestlers, most wrestlers went on the side of the ramp to the backstage area. Since we're sitting in that area, you see people start walking over. And all of a sudden, I hear you, Chris, Chris, something, something, Ed, Eddie, Ed, get Eddie or something like that. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then sure enough, here comes Brian Danielson. Here comes Santana Ortiz, and here comes Eddie, and I, and I think you know, if you if you listen to the the, the podcast, you know the situation. You know that uh, I've I've worked with him. He used to be a bouncer at several bars in the area, in the in the Westchester area, and the fun. And I I it's just weird because I talked to a couple of friends of mine after this who either know of know him through the bars or are wrestling fans, and. Listening to them talk was the same way I felt when I would listen to him talk about wrestling because I, I've always loved wrestling. But listening to him talk, I was very curious as to seeing him go through this process of becoming a professional wrestler. And he would always talk about while while drunk and watching the bar, the door at the bar, that he's going to take these trips to Florida because that was where his his gigs were going to be. So he would say, "I got to fly down to Florida and, and do this with this indie promotion." Blah blah blah. And then he's like, right, "Let me sing uh, Prince." It was always Prince. It was always when Doves Cry. Purple rain. It was always when Purple It was rain. always when Doves Cry, and he would he would he wouldn't sing it. He would just shout it out, and he would say like these little quips in between each lyric. It was the weirdest thing. 
So you're my boy Blue. So you, <laughs> <laughs> this is what it sounds like. You know what it sounds like when doves cry. Like that's how he would say, he would sing the song. That's fucking it was, awesome. It, it was it was immensely. Had I known then what I know now, I would have video. I would have recorded all that and just and played it uh, on a constant loop. So I. Every week, I'd be with him, and he would talk about very briefly talk about his his stint with wrestling, and then go you know with karaoke or whatever. What time? So, like what this years is, are we talking? We're talking. This, this is like the I want to say like 2011 to about 14, 15. Okay, so it's like like you know the tens. The, so it's a good. It's a good while ago. Yeah. So like yeah, about ten years ago. Um. So now, last time we saw him was at. Uh, was that in Jersey? We saw him in Jersey when he, yes, he, he sat at Prudential. Yeah, at Prudential. Yes. So we sat several. We sat, sat in the two hundreds. They sat in the the. Uh, but first row of the two hundreds. First row of the two hundreds. Thank you very much. <laughs> we, we've. I'll have you know. We've progressed. Uh, they sat in the the box, and then I shouted out to Eddie, and he looked up and was like, "Oh shit, it's you." So now we're sitting. We're standing in that back row. You say your thing about getting Eddie's attention. They all walk, and then here comes Eddie. So now, I, I'm screaming out. Eddie, nothing. Eddie, second time. He looks over. He sees me. He darts straight to me and gives me the <laughs> biggest bear hug, headlock bear hug, ever. Um, the elation on his fucking on his face on, his, on Eddie's face <laughs> on Eddie's face, <laughs> which is the weirdest thing. It was it, priceless. The elation on my face when he realized it was me. I was like, oh shit! And then you know he came over. We gave each other a pound, and then he gave me a, a bear hug headlock. Uh, for a good second, and then he he went off, and uh, I thought that was insanely cool. I, I I just as far as an experience, you know, wrestling fan experience, but but seeing him where he is now, and then talking to my friend Joe, my other friend Joe, who I work with uh, with trivia, he's he worked with him also, but he was on the on the the bar side of things. He he's not really a wrestling fan, so but he knows of him, and he knows where he's gone to, and so seeing him and explaining to him, explaining to Lisa, explaining to all these people that knew him. That he's one of the biggest names in wrestling now. It's insane. Yeah, it, it, absolutely insane. Seeing the, the progression of this guy, and and the the nays, literally naysayers in the bars being like, "Shut the fuck up!" Like, what are you talking about? Like, there's there's no way in hell you're gonna do this. Wrestling is stupid. It's it's ridiculous that you're you're going after this this pipe dream. And now again, you have a stadium full of people this past week on on Dynamite shouting his name over anybody else that was in that ring. It's absolutely insane, and so I I'm more proud of that that he seeing someone that you know get to where he is now, but also very cool that you know he's, he's he doesn't like act like he's above everybody else. Came over, gave gave me a pound, gave me the headlock hug, um, and I thought that was very cool. And then I, and then after that, it was the envy of the entire section because everybody's just asking, "Oh my god, he hugged you!" Like what the hell? Yo, like, no, no, we went together. Everybody turned around to you, like the, those two kids in front of you. I don't know what they were saying. They were asking me, like, "What?" But all I know is, is they turned around to you and they were like, "Whoa, dude, <laughs> what? Uh, how do you know him?" Uh, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I went to my cousin. I go, "Listen, we're not all like those guys." <laughs> Okay, your cousin, some of us have lives. So your cousin, by the way, who's like he likes wrestling, but he's not like a huge fan, right? So I, I was the one that actually got him into wrestling because I like, I think randomly for one of the shows I go to him and I was like, now nah, he's seen you know clips here and there, mm. this and that. So for one of the shows, you know, the first ones that we went to, I go, do you want to come with us? It's right, you know, he he doesn't live that far from the from the arena anyway. And he was like, yeah, sure, I'll go. So I asked his mom, I asked his mom and his dad, I was like, listen. I'll ask if he wants to. If he wants to go, he can come. 
whatever, this, this, and that. They were like, sure, if he wants to go, go. Yeah. And I, I, I guess he had a good time the first time that he went because he wanted to go back the second time. There you go. So for the second time, we gave it to him as his uh, confirmation gift. Sweet. Well, he, my mom gave it to him as his confirmation gift. I gave him something else. Oh, a little. No, I, oh, come on, dude. He's in the fucking eighth grade. So Jesus what? Christ. So you saw him early. A little boobox. No, I, uh, I was his sponsor for confirmation, so I gave him a, a gold necklace nice. with a cross. Nice. Yes. It was please, please uh, advise him that we are not. Like the other marks, even though I had to do it the first time we went to UBS, even though I contained literally the first time we went to UBS, Mm. we go out to the diner right before we go to the show Mm. a bunch of marks, (laughs) a bunch of full racket, a full table, Mm. eight, eight or 12 of them. And they just start talking, and they then they start getting into Yu-Gi-Oh, and then they're getting really technical with the Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I go to him, and I go, listen, we aren't all like that. You want, okay? you want, you want women? Don't do that. We're not all nerds. We're wrestling nerds, but damn. Uh, <laughs> you can see Yu-Gi-Oh. So I go, some of us like girls. girls. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the fun part, yes, teach them the ways. And then you have Timmy and Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, it was, it was just, it, that that whole segment was was uh, was great. Just again, because you know, seeing him, and that's the funny thing was, <laughs> the funny thing was also that he with he they played up the burn situation with the the fireball since Jericho is now calling himself a wizard. I think it's hysterical, um, and that that he was made up in this like weird burn makeup on his eye, and then the following week it was gone. But I uh, was really hoping when he came in and gave you that hug that on your shirt it was just gonna be red makeup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just wipe your face and you go, "What the fuck is that?" That's <laughs> his fake eye. Fuck was red. It's his. Why is there scarlet makeup on my? Face? It's his fake eye makeup. Uh, but yeah, so shout out to to Eddie, man. I I really do love the idea. Uh, really, I, I'm I've honest honest to God, I've never been more proud and happy for someone in my entire life than seeing him get to where he is after literally the entire hard work route that he took to get to this point. Um. He's one of the biggest. Open names. invite to Eddie Kingston to come on the show anytime. I've, I've reached, anytime I've you out. want. I've we don't out. even have to talk about I've wrestling. Out. I want to talk about the good old days yeah. with you and Chris. <laughs> I've reached out. I've reached out. So hopefully, uh, get get back to me. Um, but yeah, I, I would. I, I'm just so happy for him. So so shout out to Eddie and uh, that whole thing. So that's enough of the love fest with Eddie. Um, but yeah, shout out to him. That, that was great. Uh, Jamie Hader versus Tony Storm. Oof, oof. Both both of them in person. Oof. Yeah, you can do it. Got it. Oof. <laughs> God damn. Man, oh man. They are just, it, both of them are just both incredible. drastically more good looking in person. In person, yes. And and Britt Baker coming out with Jamie Hader with the, the Penguins jersey on. I thought that was. Now that was a great heel move. Great heel move. <laughs> Especially because the, I mean, it. They didn't lose that. We were, in, we were in the Islanders turf. Now, granted, they're still division rivals, but they were cur- like the Penguins were currently playing the Rangers. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so shout out New York, shout, shout out it. the Rangers, shout out. Um, Tony Storm gets the win on that, so she she advanced. And then the main event of the night with Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen, another interaction uh, of sorts for us. But uh, damn it, this this match absolutely amazing. But I will. I'll, I'll say what I have to say as far as this match afterwards. Um, it, right from the get-go, uh, you had Darby just blasting with a dropkick into the corner. 
Jeff Hardy gets out of the ring, and then you see he does a tope suicida like cannonball into Jeff Hardy, and then yeah, he, it was wild. And then he pulls out Darby Allen, pulls out about twelve chairs, and sets them all up face to face in a row to look like a table to look like a table in a row right next to the ring. Which would not play, which they always do that. They it would not play into the, the match until later on. They get the steel chair, the, the uh, I'm sorry, the uh, the stairs for, for the ring, that they, the bash on that, their backs on that. Um, uh, uh, all these other, you know, all these other moves here. But then he pulls out a ladder, which the damn thing had to be, I don't know, 15 feet <laughs> tall, 20 feet that tall. That ladder? Yeah. That, that might have been a 20 foot ladder. 20 foot ladder. They they set it up in the ring. Darby Allen goes. Actually, Jeff Hardy went up first. Darby Allen interrupted all that. Jeff gets hit, goes on the chairs. Darby Allen is now on top of this ladder and does a like a swanton onto these chairs. And Jeff tries to do his best to catch him, but it was bullshit because you know this guy's coming at you know, terminal velocity towards a chair and he bashes his back against a chair. Jeff Hardy had a spot where he he did a, a flip onto the the side of the, the steel uh, steps, bounced his back onto it, landed on his feet, and then just crumbled to the ground. Uh, Darby Allen did a, a coffin drop onto the, as everybody mentions, the hardest part of the ring, the ring apron, bashed his back onto that. That's it's the hardest part of the ring. <laughs> that's that's that stair and, and chair spot. I said to Stephen, that was the damnedest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like I've never that seen I, every, anything like that in my entire life. Me neither. Like, but from sta- I want to point this out from from the from the ladder to chairs, which was you know, if he's twenty feet up, that's you know twenty five, and the ring is up there too. Nobody should be able to get up from that, right? Which is why I can understand why they're doing this whole daredevil thing between Jeff Hardy and, and Darby Allen. I get it. Don't get me wrong. Mm. I, I do get it, mm. but. I was hearing a lot of people compare it to the the bump that Bubba and and uh, and Matt Hardy took into the into the tables. Mm. They were out for the rest of that match after that bump, mm. which is roughly the same bump that Darby took onto Jeff. Understood, but there's also six other people in that match, whereas this is only two. I, I get that, but why even do it so early? Why? Yeah, why? I, I don't even want to say it was early, but why not do it way later in the match? I, I get it. I get it. So all all this is and then after everything it ends up in a in a roll up which is kind of weird. I, uh, and I, Jeff, I don't Hardy. think that's the most ridiculous part about it. I think the most ridiculous part was that Jeff but Jeff Hardy countered he kicked out of the coffin drop. Of a coffin drop. But yeah, I mean he countered the coffin drop with the roll up to win the match. Yeah. So yeah, that's that is ridiculous and in and of itself that's ridiculous cuz you just basically negated his entire finishing move. But my my thing when I'm watching this again uh, on the replay, and Sammy Guevara kind of pointed this out, and I completely agree with him. At what age, and I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but at what age do you become a cripple doing this? Like, regardless of you getting up from that spot from the chairs, because that was, again, the, the, the damnedest thing I've ever seen in my entire life was someone going up on a 20-foot ladder, and the ring itself is all is already, what, I mean, like five, six feet off the ground. So you're talking about like a 25 foot drop onto these chairs. At what point do you just say like I'm, my my body's done and I'm I'm just gonna you know, call it a, a day? Because how old he, is uh, Lex Luger? I'm kidding. That was a little I, I mean, I mean, no. It's 
I think his his issues were more drug related. Yes, <laughs> to steroid obviously. steroid related than anything else. But I'm talking about. I was like, trying to think of high flyers. Like you don't really see a lot of high flyers that are. Listen, Jeff Hardy's still doing it. And how old is Jeff Hardy now? He's in his forties. Forty three, I think. Okay, that's it. I think. Jeez, I thought he was older than that. You, dude, you forget he was like sixteen when he debuted on Raw. This is he's forty four. Wow. As I'm saying, he was in high school still. He's going to be forty five in August. So yeah, so he's still doing it, man. Like he's still doing all those spots. Uh, listen, Edge was it, Edge was in those spots too. Uh, as far as those ladder matches, he's forty eight. He's still doing it. Matt Hardy. I want to point a big thing about Edge. I do love. How much older is Matt Hardy? Matt Hardy's forty seven. He's three years older. Well, that's not bad. Uh, I did appreciate that Edge was like, I put my body through so much, and you guys didn't appreciate it. I did kind of like that how he brought back the like. I used to fly off of ladders, and you guys didn't care. Mm-hmm. I did appreciate that part of yeah. this whole thing. I mean, if you're gonna be a heel, I guess go go, go back to what uh, what hurts the most. Exactly. Um, so literally, yeah. listen. Jeff Jeff Hardy's still doing it, uh, and he's forty four. Uh, who, who knows what's going to happen in the next ten years? But he's taken some of the most insane spots you'll ever see in your entire life. So if he, he can has do taken it, the most insane spot I've ever seen, like I've ever witnessed on television live. That was the, and that the spear. was the the uh, onto Randy, I think. I thought it was the wasn't it Edge? the Swanton off the off the the oh. oh. Oh right, the right. Post I thought you onto about... onto the fucking oh, stage. I was gonna say the the edge spear from this from the ladder. No, I think the swanton off the fucking Never. off the barricade or whatever it was. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, yeah. What do you call that thing? The column. The there was the 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 entranceway. There was the top of the entranceway for the. Yeah, but what is that thing called? That's a column, I guess. Oh, right? Yeah, I guess if you want to call it a column, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So off the column onto. I'm pretty sure that was Randy Orton, right? I want to say we're going to go with yeah for story purposes. We're going to go with <laughs> I'd have yeah. To, I'd have to look into that. Um, but yeah, I, it just it, it doesn't. So I, I guess I'm, I'm countering my own conversation in my head here. So if I, I'd love to know how long these people can go doing the spots that they're doing because you can only go crazier than where you were before. So like it's as in life, you can only go up one step because you've already seen that happen. You know prior. So Listen, devil's it, advocate, it's going to get insane. I mean, more insane than listen. Ray, Ray Mysterio, who's forty-seven, got thrown off a building. Got thrown off the the, uh, the WWE, WWE building. That's true. So he there's got thrown that. Thrown off the Titan Towers. Yeah, Titan Towers, along with uh, Aleister Black. So listen, if they can survive that, then listen, and anybody can survive anything. Devil's advocate. Sure. Jeff Hardy is probably the oldest person to be doing this. Except, <laughs> okay, there's per, one person older. Sting. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> And Sting is still jumping off of the crowd yep. onto tables yep. that are occupied by people. <laughs> st- people are still sitting there. Yeah, yep. Yep. exactly. I'm pretty sure Andrade is still falling into the earth. <laughs> that's why you haven't seen him in a while. Exactly. It's not that he's getting married or anything like that. <laughs> oh, that's right. We don't talk about that. Um, yeah, so that, that whole dynamite was absolutely insane. Um, and I've also learned, we, we won't talk about, uh, the the rampage matches, but um, I've also learned that I will never, despite uh, despite uh, uh, going with you guys to these dynamite events, I, I will never leave early again. And, never, and I I, I I blame you. I blame Me? Steven. I blame your whole crew. I blame the entire. I blame crew. Steven. I blame the entire crew. 
I, I should have been like, you know what? I'm staying here because had I known that they were going to have a freaking Hook and CM Punk segment followed by MGF coming back out, I would have said, fuck you guys, go. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, me too, 100%. I, I, and I, I'm, I'm instituting my Yankees rule because Yankees, I will never leave a game no matter how bad they may, may be losing, but I will no, never leave neither. a game. I will never leave another event unless uh, until it's over, until I, I hear Justin yeah. Roberts say, until hey, have a good night. come up. Justin Roberts says good night and have a good night. Peace out. I will never leave again because it, all the good stuff, it's like the credits for Marvel. Like you don't leave because you know the credits are coming. Now I know that yeah. they're coming for the, the after segments of, of Rampage and the dark match. There was a dark match with, um, uh, it was a Keith Lee and, and Swerve Strickland versus uh-huh. <laughs> versus Luther and Serpentico. And we were yeah. like, and you guys were like, yeah, let's, let's go, whatever. And then you know, I was like, yeah, all right, fine. I don't want to care about this match too much. Me neither, and too. Then and that's it was why they, everything they else the after ball. the fucking match. <laughs> all the stuff. So that's the only thing that pissed me off was that we left. And Can that, I tell you one of the highlights of my night at Dynamite? Please. Absolutely. Right after that main event at Dynamite. Mm-hmm. When Jeff Hardy oh, right, and everybody yes, came back. Yeah. First of all, Sting and Darby came back. Mm-hmm. Right? Sting came back first, and immediately I snap a picture of Sting. That meant a lot to me mm-hmm. because I'll tell you this: one of the uh, within the one of my first seven, I would say, Halloweens. I would say I was around five or six. Mm-hmm. I was dressed up as sting full fake fake pecs fake abs fake biceps the sting the the scorpion down the middle i had the mask from fucking toys r us all of it it was awesome so that was fucking cool for me Mm -hmm. uh darby allen gave me a fucking pound that was awesome Mm -hmm. and then the best thing ever was jeff hardy coming back (laughs) <laughs> and he took a picture with me and my cousin, mm-hmm. and I was so fucking happy for that picture, just because like I've watched. It's it's great. I I told my cousin this like uh, later on. I was like, just so you know, like I, it was probably pretty cool for you to meet a wrestler, but for us to meet that wrestler. That was even way cooler for me mm. because I've watched him literally sacrifice his body since well before you were even born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> literally, yeah, yeah. That it was fucking. That, yeah. that was. I, I completely uh, forgot. A picture about with that. Jeff Hardy was the best way to round up the night. Completely forgot about that. Yeah. So they all came back, and then Jeff, Jeff, and Matt all came around, and I got my camera ready to do the selfie thing, and they they couldn't have been nicer. Like they literally took time for every single person that had a camera in that entire like row there to take the take these individual photos they came around i took my photo steven on both photos i look at him like <laughs> steven's head let's pop it in <laughs> in the background i'm <laughs> just trying to get into the shot i'm like i'm not i was I'm trying to get a shot with matt not mad at that at all and i i think he didn't want to take him with me because i was wearing an undisputed elite shirt <laughs> imagine that gets out on the interwebs <laughs> like he's i'm taking... pretty sure he gave me a dirty look mm-hmm. as he should <laughs> as he should that's... which i in my head i go i mean undisputed elite. Yeah, man i respect that undisputed elite actually came on the ramp and before the show closed out they were they were giving a stare down but yeah if you're gonna wear the shirt man you gotta you gotta play it up <laughs> you gotta play I it i get up. it Listen, that's it is what it is. If I was wearing, I get it. it. But now thinking back to it, I could have gotten FTR if I had worn the FTR shirt. They were they were they were on a mission to get the hell out of there. <laughs> there was no way they were stopping for anybody. 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they were just I mean, like, but if they saw it, I'm sure. Maybe. Maybe, maybe if they saw it. Maybe they saw it. Who knows? But I yeah, that brought was, my fucking. I should have brought my my marker. So they, like, we've oh, we've learned. Imagine <laughs> I got Jeff Hardy to sign my undisputed elite shirt. <laughs> so immediately sell that for several thousand dollars. It's just making yeah. sense. So what we, what have we learned today? We've learned that uh, sitting in that section is awesome because you get to see your your wrestlers up close. Uh, if you know a wrestler and they they see you in the crowd, <laughs> hopefully they they come over and give you a hug. Um, that uh, Darby Allen is going to die in the ring. And that the Hardys are very cool, and I don't think I want to sit in another section uh, other than maybe, you know, front row and front row, yeah, <laughs> like, front row camera side, ringside, yeah. Um, very cool experience, very, very, very cool experience. The UBS uh, staff again, we, the arena is really cool. Uh, it's a very nice arena, and uh, yeah, I I do have one one point I want to oh, make about the, that. But the parking absolutely still sucks. Go ahead. The parking was atrocious. Mm. But the one point I want to make about that is why on earth would you have the entirety of the floor section go through one entrance? Right. Right. There was only one way to get access onto the floor. Yeah. What is that's a fire hazard. That's brother. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> brother. Doesn't make any sense. But meanwhile, if you went we went when we got into the arena, we were at like one oh like whatever where wherever we were. Yeah. If we literally went into that section where we came in and went down the stairs, and there were stairs there, we could have been right to our section. But it was right there. We had to go all the way around. It would have been a total of 100 steps between the entrance of the building to our seats. <laughs> yeah. But it was just the idea of having to go all the way around to the far end of the arena to come down the steps to go all the way to our seat made absolutely no sense. You're right. You're right. But... I looked at I looked at everybody immediately. I go, this is like a fire hazard, isn't it? Just to have like one place for us to be going into. You, you don't think I'd be immediately going straight to the ramp? <laughs> like, oh no, I'm going. I'm going right to the back. I'm going backstage. Back, I'm going backstage. I'm going to catering. I'm like, listen, this is bullshit. This is fi- there's a fire over here. You can't guys, fire. Kane's here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, really quickly. Uh, speaking of more dynamite here, because I have to go into my my new section. Uh, I'm going to have a, a weekly segment, and I will get production for this and music. But in the meantime, um, I... Will, Welcome, everybody, to well, Chris's High Notes. High Notes. These are the high notes. So while high, I came up with some notes for uh, Dynamite. And so before we... Chris after dark. <laughs> boom, chicka, boom, boom. Before I get into the notes, let's go really quickly over everything that happened on Wild Card Wednesday Dynamite, which happened yesterday. Uh... Samoa Joe versus the Joker card. Joker card happened, ended up being Johnny Elite, mm-hmm. otherwise known as Johnny Morrison, otherwise known as Eminem, as blah, blah, blah. And otherwise they, known as Johnny Mundo, Johnny otherwise Impact. known as Johnny Game Changer, otherwise known as Johnny Insert Name of Current Company, company. I'm working for. <laughs> which, which is his thing. Um, I'm going to save my – I have high notes for this, but I'm going to save all my high notes until we get to the, the entirety of this this – this card and then it will make more sense uh this was for the uh uh quarterfinal match in the owen hart tournament uh samoa joe won i'll leave it at that anything that was your note nope that wasn't my note i'm I'm gonna leave it at that i have i have many notes for this but it was a little clunky clunky okay yeah that's that's the only really thing i can my only point being is that i saw john johnny elite 
like was he was about to do one of his moves off the top rope, and you just see him like trying to get his balance and going, "Hey, yeah, fuck it, move over, right. bro." So there's you got to catch me, dude. All my notes. <laughs> These are all in my notes. Uh, the Hardys were interrupted by Young Bucks. Lex- Lexi Nair, I will give credit. She's getting slightly better, getting a little little better. Yes, she's very attractive. Getting a little better yes. on, the, on the mic, but she still has a long way to go. Yep. Um, Hangman versus uh, uh, I'm going to butcher this name. Konosuke Takisha? Nope. Nope. Takishita. No. Takisha. No. That was honestly the closest. Takisha. I thought it was Takisha. No. Go ahead. Konosuke Takeshita. They kept saying Takisha on on the the broadcast. No, Justin Roberts fucked it up one time. Everybody on the commentary desk was calling him Takeshita. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I will say that this match was absolutely great. And, Uh And he... Is like my, he's like he's an Asian Kenny Omega. Yeah, Th- that's in my in my notes. Uh, yeah. Also a bigger and brolic Kenny Omega, <laughs> much more bigger and brolic. Yes. Uh, so Hangman gets the win on that one, but that that match was absolutely insane. And CM Punk on commentary. Hangman, Hangman Nightmare Page. See uh, CM Punk on commentary uh, with this one here, but I've uh, say his name one more time. Konosuke Takeshita. Konosuke Takeshita. Takeshita. <laughs> Konosuke Takeshita. Takeshita. There yeah, you go. There you go. Konosuke Takeshita. Uh, he has a new fan. Uh, I I I love the same. I, I thought it was great. I thought the, the the spots that he had were absolutely insane. That the the tope uh, the, the the jump off the top rope uh, over the top rope, um, until uh, the the suicida. I thought that was that was great. Um, I, th- I thought it was. I thought all the spots with with Page were, were great. Um, my new favorite tag team is Keith Lee and, and Swerve Strickland, just because mm-hmm. of their spots that they they put together. Um, I thought that was really really cool. The two of them, um, and then you get Starks and Hobbs coming out to interrupting them, and then and then the aforementioned Christian Cage making <laughs> making matches as if he's the uh, the GM. Um, Wardlow, <laughs> Wardlow, when they do these these ten. Uh, or these stipulations that MJF has for every single, you know, match that he has to get into, uh, the ten lashes as he's done with Cody Rhodes in the past always gets me. And so, when MJF is uh, giving him the, the the belt strap for the first couple times and he's not moving, it's like, oh shit, this guy's insane. <laughs> yes, this guy's absolutely insane. Um, and then Spears took the the belt, and then he finally, after like the ninth strap slap. Uh, it kind of went down almost onto one knee, but it held up. Um, I just, I, I, I find that spot to be cringeworthy, and uh, not that it doesn't give entertainment value, but it's just it, it's it, it's very cringeworthy watching him get beat the shit out of with a belt. Can we both agree on one thing? Sure. We will never see MJF do this to a Sean Spears or something like that. Why is that? He did it to Cody. My point being, mm-hmm. you're never going to see MJF, a white man, <laughs> do it on a black man. Oh. Do you know the backlash? No pun intended. <laughs> that <laughs> yes, it'll be white. White on white AEW crime. is going to get. It will be white on white crime for for yes, yes, it will be white on white crime. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I completely agree. Um, <laughs> I didn't get. However, where you were going with that? Yes, 
if Sean Dean wants to give MJF a couple lashes, oh, Sean Dean. I wouldn't mind it. You said Sean Spears, so that's why I was confused. Sean did Dean. I? Yes, you did. Sean Dean. Oh, yeah. My bad. Yeah. Sean Dean, yeah. Yes. yes. Could have sworn I said Sean Dean, but that, whatever. That makes, that makes more sense. That, that's why I was confused. Like, Sean, why would Sean Spears get get the strap from uh, MJF? Um, Ray Phoenix taking on Kyle O'Reilly because he's Canadian. Got it. Those those <laughs> stinky stinky Northerners. Uh, Ray Phoenix against Kyle O'Reilly, and uh, Ray Phoenix is just absolutely absurd <laughs> with the moves that he does. Um, I want to point this out. Please. Uh, I uh, could not watch the last forty five minutes of Dynamite. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you why, because about three quarters of the way through the Kyle O'Reilly Ray Phoenix match, uh, the entire AT, uh, the entire T, uh, shit, what fucking channel is it on? TBS. Yes. The entire TBS app completely fucking crashed. Wow. I was both my television and my phone back and forth. I was trying both of them. It says, we cannot load your content at this time. It's like, what the fuck? I go on Twitter, and everybody's fucking complaining that you're using the app. It's like, mm-hmm. the app shut down, this and this and that. And I was like, thank God, I thought it was me. I see people go, I tried uninstalling it, and I was like, thank God. I wasn't even thinking about that, but thank God someone else did it, so I didn't. That'll teach you not to have cable. Uh, the Wizard, Chris Jericho. Sorry. <laughs> I, I. By the way, this, this segment here... Uh, he, he went in. He went in hard on Regal. Um, I, I watched it. I, I saw it. My favorite part was William Regal saying that he put Chris Jericho's toothbrush up his ass. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I would stick it up my bum. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to see to the, the parts here that, uh, that he said here. Um, let me talk about wasted potential right here. You could have been one of the greatest all time, like Chris Jericho. Uh, let's see, you've been fired from every company. You've been fired from every company you've ever worked for until you weaseled yourself into AEW on the coattails of your proteges. You got this is all Jericho. Ouch. Yeah, this is all Jericho. Um, uh, you've got Santana and Ortiz who are too stupid to realize they got everything in AEW because of me. You've got Eddie Kingston, too stupid to stay home after I burn your face. You've got Brian Anderson, possibly the greatest wrestler in the world today, yet nothing more than a squeaky clean nerd. Stick with Regal. Yeah. Stick, with, stick with Regal, and you'll have to join the program with Moxley. Oh, <laughs> I missed that part. Stick with God. Regal. He went in with, before this, we went in with on Regal's uh, alcohol uh, issues. Prior, that part prior, I did see. prior alcohol issues. Stick with Regal, and you have to join the program with Moxley. It's a royal flush of losers. <laughs> um, Regal, my advice to you is stay home. And if you don't stay out of our business, I'm going to throw a fireball in your face because I'm a wizard. <laughs> uh, and then Regal countering with Chris since 1997 when I first met you. I've, I had to listen to your whining, so please be quiet. You may be right, and you hit a few truths there about my past. Uh, <laughs> and then Jericho with with the line, uh, the the. The sports and sports entertainer line of the night. You obviously want to fight, double or nothing. You want to fight? We challenge you to the third ever, third ever stadium stampede. Moxley cutting in. No, 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 no. I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> the situation calls for you to get your ass kicked live and in living color in front of an arena of screaming fans. You five against us five, gang warfare. You can call it whatever you want. You can call it pro wrestling versus sports entertainment. The sport we love versus a bunch of stupid bullshit. Uh, and then Jericho, you want anarchy? We are a well-oiled machine. 
And then Kingston, uh, they, they cut out most of what he said here, but he basically got on the mic. He goes, I don't care about about uh, the ring. He goes, I don't care about – he was pointing to the fans. He goes, no offense. I don't care about the fans. All I want to do is get into a fight. Let's go, bitch. He drops the mic, and then the fans go absolutely insane and shout Eddie for the next like, 30 seconds. Um, and then Jericho – they're about to walk into, up to the ring, and then Jericho turns around and goes, forget it. <laughs> they turn back, and they get booed out of the arena. Um but yeah, so so Kingston with the final say on that side of the mic, uh, just it's it, again it, absolutely insane that he gets so much pull and that he's so loved. Uh, Britt Baker versus Maki Ito. Yeah, that was a disappointment. Was, I love Maki Ito. She's entertaining. She's very entertaining. But but the fact that Britt has to like suck suck up not suck up but has to take this entertaining wrestling. Um, the spots were, were the spots were actually entertaining. I, I found it humorous, but it, Britt Baker wins, and th- that's that. It, it kind of. I'll tell you this: I'm glad my predictions didn't come true for the Jokers, knowing that the both of them are going like the both uh, uh, Britt and Samoa Joe are going to advance. I'm glad it wasn't the gar- the the Garganos that came. I back. was going to say, yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, you weren't the only people that the only person that thought that. Like a ton of people online. Uh, oh, AEW actually posted that Johnny Gargano was Johnny Elite. Right. <laughs> and Forgot about that. Not so much. Uh, Serena Deeb is is going full heel. Um, just slapped the shit out of Dustin Rhodes. Still very lackluster on the promo. Yes. Uh, Adam Cole against Jeff Hardy. Uh, good match. I mean, it was it's good with Cole and, and Hardy and, and the outside uh, interference, especially towards the end there. Oh, uh, the Young Bucks super kicking Sting. <laughs> my my favorite part of the entire match was after everything was said and done and Cole gets the win. Sting gets in the ring. Uh, uh, Kyle bashes him with a chair in his back. He turns around. No, no cells. cells. No cells whatsoever. Like grabs the chair from his hand and then throws it into his head. <laughs> he threw the that chair. That was so good. And, and then, then he sound, just collapses onto the, his butt. The sound that it made was <laughs> doink. <laughs> bounced it off his head. And then the young bucks coming in with a super kick that hit hit his shoulders because he's so big, um, he couldn't get his head. And then he just kind of Sting is a tall dude. He's a very tall dude. He kind of crumbled after this this super kick that hit both of his shoulders. Makes um, sense. He's sixty two. There's that. Sixty three. <laughs> so, um, all right. Without any further ado, here are really quickly my high notes. So, I promise I'll have some sort of production. Uh, you know, come in the next couple of weeks. So. Uh, the fact that Johnny Elite was not Johnny Gargano kind of bummed me out. But seeing John Morrison get get picked up by AEW, I, I thought was cool. Um, I don't know if he's officially picked up by AEW, or at least I haven't in, seen a graphic in this in this situation. By the way, also here's a spoiler alert. Um, speaking of uh, Tony Khan just accruing all kinds of WWE uh, talent, uh, Killian Dane is on Rampage. So there's there's a fun fact for you. Um, that jo- is a spoiler alert. Johnny Elite uh, uh, comes out. He has, has the match with Samoa Joe. I said in my high notes, Johnny Elite pointing at Joe <laughs> to move <laughs> is the most unprofessional thing I've ever seen. The, so yes. he, he gets on the – you just see him like – he had two bad spots. He has this one spot where Samoa Joe is outside of the ring and he's telling him visually just show like it's he did it three times he's pointing to joe to move over it was just like i've never seen that was like that might have been one of the worst spots 
I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, like you, yeah. you, you telling your guy to move to one spot. No, you adjust. <laughs> get off the rope. Get off the thing. Do what you have to do. He, he literally pointed him. Go there. He said, "Go there." I was like, "Can I guess the other bad spot in this match that uh, you had a problem uh, with?" Please. Was it when uh, Johnny Elite went to the top rope and mm-hmm. did the the four fifty splash mm-hmm. or whatever it and was, completely. and then legitimately landed on his knees and thrusted himself on top of Samoa Joe? <laughs> Was it that spot? Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. Yes. That was nice. awful. What do I win? You win absolutely nothing except for my gratitude. Yeah, no, it was awful. Cool. I'll take it. <laughs> absolutely awful. Never in my life have I ever seen a wrestler tell, like, listen, unless it was like an indie show. Go go there. Move to your spot. This is a national program. A national program. Uh, my next uh, high note. Uh, I put Takesha <laughs> on my notes versus Hangman. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, and I said that he's Asian Kenny Omega. Uh, AEW and DraftKings partner- partnership is an incredibly good look. I, I I feel that's that's amazing, especially since they WWE tries to do these these things with DraftKings where they have like these weird like you can you can vote on this and bet fantasy dollars whatever. So anyway, I think the draft DraftKings with AEW is very cool. Uh, as I said before, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland might be legit my new favorite tag team. Um, the line that he had with with uh ricky starks when he, he said you're dressed like a bar of soap with a pearl necklace <laughs> that was awesome had me crack cracked up cracked up on that and then ray phoenix is on another level ladies and gentlemen high notes uh so there was that's this week's dynamite uh really quickly uh as far as raw goes uh immensely super insanely quickly um bobby lashley against omas in a in the steel cage which <coughs> excuse me i can appreciate that they Started off the night with that, um, but uh, it was it was kind of okay. I mean, it wasn't really too crazy. The fact that uh, he he won on a technicality because the the ring no, the, the the cage got destroyed and it, it, you know he fell out of it onto the Brock Lesnar won a championship that way. I'm pretty sure this is very true. Uh, Mustafa getting absolutely no love gets destroyed by Veer Mahan, even though he was supposed to fight uh, Theory. That didn't happen. Uh, Riddle against Jimmy Uso. We're finally getting the unification match tomorrow on SmackDown. So thank God for that. We should be. Um, should be. We'll see what happens because WWE does WWE things. Um, this whole thing with... My prediction, it ends in a double count out. There you come. <laughs> or a double roll up into a... They both get counted three. Um, AJ Styles and Finn Balor. I... Another cringeworthy situation because now we have them against Judgment Day and this whole segment that they showed with Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan just standing in the in the back area and Styles and Balor approach her in the most uncomfortable. Join us. We need your help. Blah blah blah. It was it's just so weird. It's just I, it's, I don't know. It just it just seems awkward and awful. I want <laughs> to point out one thing about that. Finn now, Balor's Spanish was on point. With I don't know I don't know what he said, but when he was talking to Los Lotharios, mm-hmm. he's whatever he did say, I was like, okay, okay, all right. Sure. And then I'm like, oh yeah, he married a Mexican news host. She's hot. She's beautiful. Good for good for him. Um, <laughs> Alexa Bliss. Good for her too. Good I mean, for her. Like, there you go. If you, I mean, if you go that way, uh, Alexa Bliss <laughs> <laughs> defeating Sonya Deville in like all five seconds. Um, okay, uh, I'd like to know where they're going with the Sonya Deville thing. Uh, Ezekiel taking on Chad Gable with ending up in another roll up. It's just every every match ends in a roll up, and then the main event with the the twist. Since every five seconds they mentioned the fact that there was supposed to be the six women like 
uh, round robin match going on, and they didn't get that. So I, I guess whoever, you know, if, if Vince is in the back talking to uh, Jimmy and all the boys, uh, you know, keep pushing the fact that they're not here, that they're very unprofessional. And, and they did that. And to your point, as far as like the statement that they made, it's, it just goes alongside with that whole thing. Why? Why, why do we need to know? Like you, you're, you're burying your own people and you want to know why they hate working for you? That might be a, a good reason. It makes no sense. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so in a in a shocker with the main event that they had, which was actually a really good main event, uh, Asuka and Becky Lynch, Oscar um, won <laughs> surprisingly. So now instead of Naomi, who might may or may not be the subject of something that she didn't want to do, as far as getting pushed into this this role of you know camaraderie and standing up for yourself with your tag partner, now you just lost your spot to Oscar, and so. You know, whether you're injured like Mustafa and, and losing your spot to Kofi, or if you stand up for yourself and leave the building, you lose your spot to Asuka. So was it worth it? Well, only time will tell, but we don't know. Do we, it's when, just, when is the next pay-per-view? Uh, it is what is the Hell in a Cell. Okay. Uh, which I'm going to say. Is oh, which we get Rollins versus Rhodes. Rollins, Rhodes 3 inside Hell in a Cell. Rollins Rose three. Uh, that would be again. I don't mind June, it because it's a blow off a of feud. June fifth. I do mind it that it's a pay per view. It's a premium log event. My apologies. Yeah, don't don't ever screw that up again. I don't mind. I mean, I do mind it because it's a fucking pay per view. <laughs> you were disrespectful. Very disrespectful. With that being said, that is. I'm a whistle. <laughs> I'm a wizard. With that being said, that is it. Did anything else in this long, long recap of highs and lows, mostly highs? Anything else we have to discuss? That we anything we missed on our dynamite that we went to? Anything else that we have to talk about? No, I just want to say, ever since dynamite, I've had the time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Call back, but um. Psh. Oh, man. Yes. Time of our lives. Also doing this show. Thank you guys so much for, for listening. Please hit us up on Twitter at Sons of Slam Show. Tell your friends to listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcast. We are Sons of Slam. Till next week, more build up for Hell in a Cell. Hopefully get to find out what the hell is going on with uh, the women's tag team. And will we be surprised if there is a tournament? No. And double or nothing next Sunday. Double or nothing next Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. That yeah, we have double or nothing followed by Hell in a Cell. It's going to be mm-hmm. two straight weeks of insanity. Uh, and uh, if I, I said it before, and I'll say it again, WWE with all their shit programming during the week, they put on a hell of a pay per view. And I'm looking forward to two Sundays in a row of, of amazingness. So with that being said, my name is Chris Mindell, along with the Reaper, Mister Joe Black, sir. We'll see you next time. Take care, buddy. The Sons of Slam podcast.